0: I love it when you read
1: to me. Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences. And they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
0: I am Janice Leibovitz and you are my People of the Book. Welcome back. Another week, another show. I hope you got lots of reading done. I hope you ate lots of cheesecake and blintzes over shavuot hope you stayed warm apparently it's going to get very chilly this weekend so plenty of reading time stay indoors wrap up and my guest today is marilyn cohen de villiers welcome to the show marilyn pleasure to have you
1: Thanks so much, Janice. Thanks for having me.
0: Really is a pleasure. And Marilyn, your background predominantly was in journalism.
1: That's right. Yeah, I was, I've was. i been a journalist all my life.
0: Yes. And you, you were actually a journalist in the very turbulent 80s. That must have been really interesting. <laughs> my parents
1: used to panic.
0: I have no doubt. I have no doubt. But then you
1: moved into the much more genteel realms of public relations. Yes, I did. My husband was on a daily newspaper as well, and we, when we, after we had children, we just couldn't both be doing daily news and with the hours and everything. So I moved it to PR. Yeah,
0: and then you eventually moved into writing fiction.
1: Eventually, I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> eventually, and I am sure that you will remember if you are a reader. And if you live in South Africa, you will probably remember Marilyn's much renowned and extremely popular Silverman Saga trilogy, which started with A Beautiful Family, which was quite a few years ago. When did that come out, Marilyn? In about
1: 2014.
0: So, yeah, that was, jeez, I didn't even realize it was that long ago. Wow. That's, we're talking about eight years ago. Wow. That's right. Yeah. So I remember when the Silverman, when, when the Silverman saga, that first book, A Beautiful Family, came out, the speculation and the hype was oh. insane. Wow. I mean, it was actually quite amusing. Did you expect that?
1: No, I didn't. Um, I didn't expect anything because I had no idea what I was doing when I wrote <laughs> the book. Um, but the people were, were saying to me, like, who is it? Who are the Silvermans? And I said, it's nobody. It's just a story. So I I was very surprised at that. It also came out around about the time of the big Gaza war. And some people accused me of anti-Semitism or of giving the anti-Semites ammunition against the Jewish people because I was talking about abuse in the Jewish community at that time, which wasn't really... Fair, and most people defended me on that ground, but I was quite stunned when I was accused of that. Yeah. Yes. I
0: remember people, People, I mean, this was a book about a couple and their family. It was Ellen and Brenda Silverman, and everyone wanted to know, who were Alan and Brenda Silverman? Who did you base them on? And it, it was really a, you know, accumulation. I mean, I know that, you, I mean, you did your research and you had spoken to people in community services. And unfortunately, this
1: is something we have to be aware of. It does happen in our community. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, a couple of years after The Beautiful Family came out, the whole Sydney Frankel um, uh, story. Yes, that emerged. whole case. Yes. That whole case emerged. and. Basically, in some respects, um, I could have been, I could have been writing about Sydney Frankel. But it was two years before it all came out. Absolutely, and I've never met Sydney Frankel in my life, so no, it wasn't based on him. But people do
0: like to speculate, and the manga mm-hmm. the rumour factory, and the rumor mongers abounded at the Absolutely. time. And um, yeah. really, it was. But I mean, it was in every book club. Read the book, and you follow those up with when time fails, and deceive, and defend. And yeah. uh, it was. It was really a, a wonderful trilogy about the South African landscape. And it, it was beautiful.
1: We've actually just re-released um, the Solomon Saga as a trilogy. It is available now.
0: Okay, great. You'll let us know towards the end of the show where everyone can get hold of that and where people will be able to get those. That will be great because I'm sure that people will be interested to read those if they haven't already. You are listening to People of the Book. I'm chatting to Marilyn Cohen-DeVilliers. I love it when you read
1: to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
0: I'm Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book. And today, my guest is Marilyn Cohen-DeVilliers. We were chatting about her previous trilogy, A Beautiful Family, When Time Fails and Deceive and Defend. Also known as the Silverman Saga. But today, we are here to chat about Marilyn's new book, The Heart Warrior's Mother. And Marilyn, I remember you mentioning this idea that you'd had. You had been approached by someone, and we spoke about the idea you had in the new book you were going to be writing. It was some years ago. I remember at the time, I think you mentioned that this was going to be a nonfiction book. All right.
1: You're absolutely correct. I started writing it as a nonfiction book, but I got bogged down. I'm a journalist, and all my facts had to be correct. Unfortunately, the family I was writing about, the mother, the, of the Heart Warrior's mother, couldn't remember lots of mm-hmm. things. There were big gaps in her memory of because she went through, it was a traumatic time. And if you're going through the trauma, you're told, when your baby is eight days old, that if your baby doesn't have surgery tomorrow, she will die. You kind of don't remember exactly what the surgeon said to you or where you were or what was happening. So there were these big gaps. And um, also it was just getting bogged down in detail, 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 detail. The other problem I was facing was that the family involved were just such delightful people, absolutely beautiful, kind, loving, supportive Uh, people and i just felt that was a bit boring so i decided with their permission with their permission to change the characters so what we have now is a book where the story of the little heart warrior the baby is perfectly true but the characters the parents and their relationship and their relationship with their families is different this is a
0: fictionalized account and just to give my listener some background this is a story about kerry ann aarons and her husband imran patel who become parents of a baby daughter whose name is lily her nickname is tiger lily because she's a little fighter and they become parents of this baby daughter they already have a son a little boy called leo and they discover eight days after she's born, seven days after she's born, that Lily has a congenital heart defect. She has congenital heart disease, also known as CHD. How did you come across the story? Did someone introduce you to the family? Someone told you about them? It
1: was actually, it was a My mother had recently passed away. My mother had had a disease called COPD chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema effectively. Right. And she needed oxygen permanently, but she had passed away and we were selling her little portable oxygen concentrators because she, she had needed oxygen 24-7. And we advertised it and this very lovely young man came to my house to buy the oxygen concentrator, the little portable one. And he told me about his daughter, who was uh, Lily. Actually, not Lily, but not an name. But, but yes, oh, I get difficult. it. And I thought, And i had been thinking about writing a book based on my experiences with my mother, what she had gone through, and this kind of chimed with what had happened, what was happening to their daughter. So I said to him, can I write your story? And he said, certainly. And they took me into their home and I became really good friends with the mother and um, that we took it from there. It was all around the oxygen concentrator, which you'll read a lot about in the book.
0: Yes, yes, you do. And uh, it also there, there's a lot of mention about, you know, how that relates to load shedding and our uh, South African issues, and you know what one does when you desperately need a family member to be on oxygen. And, you know, what do you do when there's no power? And do you need extra oxygen tanks? What what do you what do you actually do? And there's also the issue of of medical aids and medical aid payments, applications, all those issues are dealt with in the book. Tell me a little bit about, I mean, there is so much medical detail, which we will chat about later. Obviously, you started off chatting to the family, but obviously there was so much more medical research
1: that needed to be done. I did have to do a lot of additional research, um, figure out exactly what was happening in the surgeries. And then um, I had a meeting. In fact, I went along to one of the Lily's checkups with the doctor, the cardiologist, and she gave me a whole lot of additional information. So between my research and the doctor and, of course, the parents, they were pretty knowledgeable. They had gone through a lot. So they helped me a lot as well. And that's where I've got all my information. Factually, the detail, the medical detail is true. Um, I don't know if you know, Professor Rob Kinsley. I, I know you
0: mentioned him. Um, he's the doctor who who started the Children's
1: Cardiac Foundation of Africa. Is that him? That's him. And he, he actually started the, the center at Sunninghill Hospital, which is where Lily is operated on. Yes. So that was long before yes. he started this foundation. Yes. So I sent in to Prof Kinsley a copy of the book and then chewed my nails down to my elbows in thinking he's going to come back and say, yeah, but you know, you made this mistake and that mistake. And he came back and told me that it was amazingly accurate. And I thought, wow, that was great. But it's not a medical book, Dennis. No, absolutely. I it's, no, it's not. It. Definitely not a medical
0: book, but be aware that uh, there is medical information. I mean, it's about a child with a medical condition and her parents who go seeking medical facts about... Her condition. But going back to Dr. Kinsley, I was just amazed that he only started that foundation in 2019. I mean, that's fairly recent.
1: That's the one in Durban. Okay. There there was no um, facility in Durban for kids with congenital heart defects. The one in Sunninghill was started a long time before that. But this is a new one. So Sunninghill has done over a thousand. Um, open heart surgeries on children with CHD. Wow. Durban is still fairly new but the, the foundation is, is really important because as Prof Kinsley told me most children with CHD across Africa and that includes South Africa are denied this life-saving corrective surgery because of limited state facilities and because there's just no funds.
0: And also because I mean the foundation also helps with training and education and and
1: awareness. Of, of- we're training the education of the medical people. Yes. How do they treat it? And then awareness, hopefully, of the of the general public of this condition, which is frighteningly um, prevalent. Yes. Um, yes. You know, one, one in a hundred one children, children is born with a congenital heart defect. I mean, yeah, I didn't believe that. Um, it was incredible. That I got a, a stat from the foundation. Congenital heart disease is approximately, apparently, 60 times more prevalent than childhood cancer. And yet we don't hear about that.
0: Yes, and it, and also 25 um, times more common than cystic fibrosis, which I think we can test for. Yeah. But this is not something that is often discovered before a child is born.
1: Usually not. No, because you know people don't scan for it and they don't pick it up until after the child is born.
0: No, absolutely. 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 Um, if you've just tuned in, you are not listening to a medical show. This is People of the Book. I'm chatting to Marilyn Cohen de Villiers about her new book, The Heart Warrior's Mother. I love it when you
1: read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz.
0: I'm Janice Leibovitz. You're listening to People of the Book. I'm chatting today to Marilyn Cohen de Villiers about her new book, The Heart Warrior's Mother, which is about a child born with congenital heart disease. And we've been talking about all the, the medical facts and the medical research that Marilyn had to do, a lot of which came from the family on which this book is based. She did fictionalize it, the characters in the in the story are all fictionalized, but the story is based on fact, on people that she actually met and people who she knows. So in the book, I mean, there there is a a line that, that really brought things home to me. The doctors mention something about catheterization being one of many, one of many procedures that that Lily, this baby has. And they say it's a routine procedure. And Mm. let's be honest, when a procedure and things like open heart surgery are being done on your, your tiny baby, well, it may be routine to doctors and nurses and hospital staff. What's routine for them certainly is not routine for the patients and the families and especially for the parents. You made these doctors, I don't know if you based the actual doctors on, on on real doctors that you met as well, but you made most of the doctors in the book very warm and wonderful bedside manners and quite feeling, And but we do know that not all doctors are like that and they do behave as if it's all routine and that they see it as routine, families should see it as routine and they're, they're quite offhand and quite cool and calm and collected and... They try and act like we should be like that as well. But it's not all routine to us, is it?
1: Absolutely not. It's absolutely terrifying for, for the parent. And that was the one thing that the real parents told me, that, you know, it was, you didn't know what to do. You, you were absolutely helpless. And then when you, you see your child in the intensive care, f- with tubes coming out of everywhere, your absolute horror of, of what this is, and the nurse is saying, you know, can I hold my baby? And they say, no, eh, not yet. You know, but you are desperate Absolutely. to hold your child and you can't. Um, it's the most awful, awful thing for a parent. And I, although, I, you know, um, it's, it's not the real mother in the book that I've written, but it is based on her own feelings. Yes. And what she went through um, when she saw her child for the first time after the initial surgery when she realized that this doctor, this great big doctor with his huge hands is going to hold her baby's little walnut-sized heart in his hands. You asked if the doctors were kind and, you know, if they were based on real people. From what I can gather, I I only met the cardiologist, but from what I can gather from the parents, most of the medical personnel were very kind and very supportive, but they were still doctors and they had a, a disease to treat not worrying too much about the family. It was very hard to write about. I mean, sometimes when I was writing, I would actually cry because I remembered what the mother had told me and how she had felt. And it was really heart-wrenching what they'd gone through.
0: Yes, absolutely. And there was something that you wrote about synergist injections. Yeah. Now, this was something that I had never heard about. And until you experienced something You've never heard about it. You don't know what it is. Now, I, myself, my daughter had a very premature baby. So my granddaughter was very premature and she has actually just finished her course of synergist injections. I had never heard of these injections before in my life, but these are injections that they prescribe or recommend for babies who are at risk. High risk babies. When I read it in the book, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I know what that is." I got quite excited because the first time my daughter mentioned it to me, I was—I said to her, "Well, what is that? Is that a new injection that's on the schedule on the the injection schedule? Well, what is that?" And the truth is. Once again, you only get to know these things when you have to know about them, when you are in certain
1: situations. That is absolutely true. What happened to the baby with those injections is absolutely
0: true. Those synergist injections, what you go through, applying to get them and have them, and it is not fun. Mm -mm. It's actually a rigorous experience. Between the applications to the medical aid and having to find out where they actually have stock of the injections, who can give the injections, whether your doctor is available. It's an absolute, I mean, in the book, they also go through a a terrible time with these injections and I mean, they are highly recommended for at-risk
1: babies, I'm not going to say what happens with Lily. No. But no, we're not going to yeah, give spoilers yet. It's, that it's, 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 it's one of that. the many, many issues that Lily has to deal with in her very, very young life. Yes. And the parents. Yeah. Yes. The other
0: thing that you mentioned in the book that really struck me was something called ICU etiquette. <laughs> I love that. Lily's mother, um, Kerry, sees a woman often in the ICU and she has this very calm collected kind of placid aura about her and no matter what is going on she sits and she reads her bible and she's not affected by anything else that's going on around her and Kerry never approaches her never asks her about her child or what's wrong or anything because she says it's ICU etiquette and it's a real thing isn't it
1: it is a real thing you don't want to know because it could affect your child. And, you know, is, there are babies that are in the, in the ward and then they're not there. Now, what's happened to them? And you don't really want to know. So you don't ask. You don't ask. You just don't ask.
0: You don't. Yeah, and you, you don't want to think about it.
1: You don't want to think about it. You want to. You, you, you've got your own worries and you don't need anybody else's.
0: Yes, and you don't, you don't ask, it's not something you discuss with the nurses, and it's not something you, it's, it's just that it's a nod of acknowledgement with other parents, and that's all it is.
1: That's all it is. The, the real mother, I'll, I'll call her Kerry, but she obviously is not Kerry. Yes. She said it really help her with social media and chat rooms. So I do um, allude to one of those encounters yes. on, um, in the book, but she did say it was really helpful to be in touch with other parents who were going through the same thing that you were going through. You didn't feel quite so alone.
0: I know that the book is called The Heart Warrior's Mother, and we're talking a lot about the mother, and you've spoken a lot about um, what the actual mother, who you've based the book on, has related to you and the information that she gave you and her, how her emotions played a role. But let's not discount the fact that the baby also has a father. And he he features. He does feature
1: a lot. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So let's
0: talk about him for a minute. In the book, his name is Imran. He is a Muslim, and let's talk about him. I mean, he he's not an absent father, and Not not at all. And you've also brought COVID into the mix, which is also where he starts to feature quite a bit.
1: Yeah. In the real story, just to tell you, the timeline has changed. Yes, yes, I know. This wasn't, I mean, uh, this, yeah. COVID yeah. Uh, was
0: way in the future. I mean, in, in the, the future, original, yeah, yeah. yes.
1: I brought it in because it just you know, made things a little bit more dramatic, I think. In the real parents, both of them are Muslim, quite devout. Yes. Which I thought was amazing the way that they accepted me into their home and opened their hearts to me, bearing in mind that I'm Jewish. So that was incredible. But I, to to spite things up a bit, I made Kerry Jewish and Imran obviously not Jewish. But he, in the book, he, and he is based on the real father, although he, um, to some extent, very involved, adores his children, feels the frustration of the helplessness of not being able to do more. And the, financial strain of having a child who is so desperately ill and what the pressure that that puts on him because he wants to provide for his family he wants to care for his family he knows his wife cannot go out to work because somebody's got to watch that child twenty four seven. yeah and all that strain that is put on him is overwhelming absolutely so yeah and um, I hope uh, he comes in the book, oh, I don't know. No, we can't really say what happens to him, but he's just faces the enormous pressure that I don't think any parent, any father or any mother should actually have to go through alone, but they do. Absolutely.
0: Let's bring in here the issue of faith. Faith plays a huge, huge role. I mean, and it, it plays very different roles. You've made it very different for, for both parents in the book. And for Kerry, you do mention that she prays in the book but her religion as such doesn't play a huge role for her. But for for Imran, his religion starts to represent something a lot bigger than it used to.
1: I think when people are faced with this kind of life threatening situation. I think their faith will play out in different ways. So Carrie, yes. although she defines herself as an agnostic, finds herself constantly praying to whoever, you know, please, 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 save yes. my child, but is not yes. important to, to anyone in particular. Whereas Imran, who starts off kind of agnostic like she is, he becomes more and more immersed in his Muslim faith that he grew up with.
0: I think you either become, you turn to your faith or you turn away and you have so many questions that you start questioning, well, who are you? Where are you? Why have you done this? Whoever mm. you or it or whoever is that out there, choose. whatever is out there. Why mm. have you? Why me? Why us? Yeah. You have more questions than answers. No one's, there's nothing there to give you answers. And there's anger and frustration, whereas someone
1: else will turn to faith. Anything to, to grasp at something yes. to make sense of it or something to give you an answer or something to give you hope. You just don't know. Every time Lily has to have another procedure done, you don't know if she's going to survive it. And what do you hold on to? As I said, in, the, in real life, the parents were, are both uh, devout, not, not over the top, but believe that they are Muslims, they pray, they believe in, in their, their faith, and that is what they held on to. I changed things out here for Kerry. Yes. Um, I mean, you. you... I, try, I try to put myself yes. into her shoes. And maybe Kerry's response is more me, and um, Imram's is a little bit too far over from what the real parents go through. But it's I kind of try to use my imagination there.
0: And, and I think also, I mean, as I say, because it's fictionalised, I mean, for dramatic effect, mm-hmm. you know, yes. there it is. And also, I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, I, I know someone who, who went through a, a terrible tragedy and she said, you know, I don't know what people do if they don't have their religion or their community or somewhere to turn to.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So these characters were isolated they were very In isolated
0: the they are isolated but they do they are isolated together i mean i'm not going to give
1: yeah.
0: anything else away but i mean apart from living far away from the hospital and far away from family and but they they do try to muddle along mm-hmm. together i don't need to to tell you or say anything about what lockdown did to isolate people further and, and as you say, like every time Lily has a procedure, had a procedure, you know, you didn't know whether she was going to, they didn't know whether she would get through it. But also every time Lily would go through a good phase, you know, there's there's always, and and again, you know, this, this is the great thing about your writing, you know, you keep turning pages because she's going through, she's having such a, a good phase, fa- you know, she's doing well, she's doing well. It's kind of a, always a cliffhanger, you know, because this is, this is, I mean, that's the whole thing about, about reading a good book. You know, something's, you know, something's going to happen, you know, you know, but, but there's going to be the next, the next relapse and the next, whatever the next procedure, whatever, you know, something's coming and you're you waiting to see, well, well, what are the parents going to do? And, and, you know, you're holding your breath right through mm-hmm. that. That's what makes it a good book otherwise as
1: you say it's boring that's what makes yeah, it good it just, but, but the the as i said, but what happens to lily in the book is real yes so every single thing that lily goes through in the book is real there is no cliffhangers that were added on there that one yeah. was actually like her yeah. parents so you know it, it was It was crazy. But Kerry, the real Kerry, I mean, she always said to me that Imran was her rock. Yes. The the two of them really supported each other and support each other, you know. So without that, I cannot imagine what a parent would go through if they didn't have the support of their partner.
0: And you do say that throughout. You know, Mm. she keeps saying, he's my rock. Mm. So you did, yeah, you did use that. In the book, you're listening to People of the Book and we're talking today to Marilyn cohen Villiers about her new book, The Heart Warrior's Mother. I love it when
1: you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz.
0: I'm Janice Liebowitz. Marilyn, in the book, you talk about, I mean, obviously family relationships and um, family support are important. That you you wrote, wrote Kelly's relationship with her mother as a particularly fraught
1: relationship. It was purely for dramatic effect. Um, there are mothers who are so wrapped up in themselves that they don't give their daughters their support. Although in a strange way, if, you know, I, I thought the mother softened a bit, became more indirectly supportive. She was concerned about Kerry. She was more interested in going to the her book club. And, sorry about that, Janice. The um, book club or the gym or, you know, and, and Kerry was raised by her nanny. There are many, many people who were raised by their nannies and not by their mothers. So She was just that, from that era. Just from that era. Maybe it is from that era and maybe it's not from that era. There are many helicopter parents. They kind of hover in and then hover out again and their own lives are what's important to them. And um, unfortunately, Kerry had a mother like that. She just cannot support or approve of anything that Kerry
0: does. And I just, (laughs) I had difficulty with her. I really yeah. had, had and, a lot of difficulty with her. And
1: to, to add, she bears no resemblance to my own mother at all, and <laughs> hopefully none to me as a mother either.
0: Oh, no, from, from what I know of you, definitely not anything like you as a mother at all. I just think that is so opposite of what one would need if, God forbid, one is in a situation like this, that it, it's, it's kind of like a lesson or uh, an alarm bell
1: Telling us how not to be—that's uh, one way to put it—and I would, I would hope so. But remember that Kerry's mum was totally non-supportive of her relationship with Imran, so I think she, you know, she found it very difficult to get over that. And I think perhaps she was one of those mums who, what are the neighbours going I think? What is the community? Yes, think? very much um, so. And, and is more concerned with her image and her standing in the community. And there are women like that. Unfortunately, there are. Yes, and there always will be. And there always will be.
0: As as mm-hmm. open-minded and as inclusive as we like to think we have become, there are always going to be people like that. Absolutely. And she kind of has the attitude of, see what happens when you don't do what you're supposed to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's kind of frightening to think that there are people that think that way. <laughs> uh,
1: but, I mean, to be fair, just mum. Imran's mum was just as bad.
0: Yes. As I say, I didn't love that you made it like that. As I say, I wanted to slap her numerous times. I do think um, that it is a very, very loud message to all of us to sit up and pay attention and to, I think, to be kinder, to be more supportive of those who need the support. And, you know, people need support even when, the situation is not as dire as the one in this book.
1: Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. Um, You need support around you and to be on your own and isolated just makes what is a horrible situation a thousand times worse. Yes,
0: absolutely. So, Marilyn, in closing,
1: tell me where the book is available. Well, according to my distributor... It is available in exclusive books and it is available at bargain books and at various other independent um, bookstores have bought it as ordered it at least. If your exclusives doesn't have it, they should be able to get it from another exclusives or they can see who the display Okay. Has.
0: And also, um, um, I need to mention that a percentage of the proceeds of the sales will be going to the Children's Cardiac Foundation of Africa, which we mentioned earlier.
1: It is. Yes. I just rampant, felt, isn't it? I just yeah, absolutely. I just felt the parents are the, the the parents are the kind of people who give, even though they've got very little, they give a lot, and they all they gave me so much, and there is such a need. I just felt a little percentage, although as you know, an author doesn't earn very much money, but a little. Well, not in this country, people, that's for sure. Yeah, percentage of my royalties will go to the the foundation, and maybe that's amazing there will be other children who will benefit.
0: That is really, truly amazing, Marilyn. And also, let me know, where is the Silverman Saga available? You said that has been re-released.
1: Yes, so I should imagine it's in the same bookstores that um, you can get um, The Heart Warrior's Mother from. Uh, Bookstores have also ordered the Silverman Saga.
0: Okay, all Um, three books. And also Amazon... Oh, and of course on Amazon, yes. And that goes as, as, as an electronic version as well. And print. You can order print, print from Great. Amazon as
1: well, yes.
0: Great. Okay, so no excuses not to buy the book. The, the Silverman Saga
1: is available on Amazon as a compilation of the three books, but only as an ebook. It's just too big okay yeah right yeah okay amazing
0: Marilyn thank you so so much for giving me your time this morning and I hope we have created not only obviously awareness for the book so that people will buy it but also some awareness for CHD for congenital heart disease
1: I hope so Janice thank you so much for um, having me on and I my purpose in writing the book a lot of it was to raise awareness about CHD because that was what the parents wanted That is why they spoke to me. So hopefully people will be more aware of the situation.
0: I do hope so. I hope we have created a bit more awareness about that. Once again, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Have a great week and read a book.